I almost didn't post this one. I absolutely love Larissa, my guest, but I know I would sound super awkward on this one. I hadn't talked to anybody probably in ages. I broke my fast of wine, and so I was a little tipsy. And we used a program that you can't split the tracks to eradicate the overlaps of voices. And my um, enthusiasm was just too much, and there was also so much I wanted to talk to her about. So please go easy on me on this one. So maybe not leave like a review or anything. I promise I'll have her back. And I'll also promise maybe I won't be so awkward and I'll shut up. <laughs> I'll shut up more and breathe less. And I saved this one. Today's my birthday if that kind of counts for any kind of pity on this one. I just, I can't wait to have her back. We talked about Diana and Megan and Royals and E True Hollywood Story. It was just, it was like Christmas. So I hope you enjoy it, and I'm apologizing up front. Later. It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for joining us. Real quick promise. Please find us and follow us at Mistreague Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We have curated content on Pinterest and Flipboard. Check out our channels on TikTok and YouTube. And if you would be so kind, like that famous prince we all know, please show us some love and rate and review us. Positive vibes only, right? But first, champagne. Hi, I'm your host, Carrie, and this is the Sip and Shine podcast. Scandals, royals, and crimes, oh my. If you are kind like Prince Harry, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review five stars. Continue to be a part of our little shindig by finding us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at SipshinePod. And for the truly devoted VIPs, check out our speakeasy over at our YouTube channel for more videos, interviews, and eye candy. And now, cue the confetti. But first, champagne. A royal affair. I, Diana Francis. A hungry press. The papers demanded pictures. A tragedy that touched the world. Buckingham Palace has now confirmed the death of Diana. Now E! reveals the story of Princess Diana you only thought you knew. From her loveless marriage. He was seeing Camilla Parker Bowles. To her battle with bulimia. Charles said you're getting a bit fat. To the paparazzi who stalked her to the end. Diana, Princess of Wales, this Sunday at 8 on the E! True Hollywood Story. Hi, Larissa. Thank you so much for coming on the Sip and Shine podcast. I met you through my lovely friend, Jody. So please introduce yourself to my listeners, which sounds really kind of weird to say, but <laughs> please introduce yourself. Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. I really appreciate it. My name is Larissa McKaylee. Uh, I'm a producer out in Los Angeles, television producer, reality-based television. And yeah, that's it. Well, how I even found you is I was saying to Jody, I was, oh my God, I really need to find somebody who's into royals and who's like me. My knowledge probably goes back to the early 80s of 
inquirers and stars that my grandmother would buy and I would read them. I was like reading the inquirer, <laughs> like learning how to read. I love it. Yeah. I like remember when the original tapes came out, Charles and Diana, you know, with their oh, yeah. lovers and all that. So I even remember the day Di- Diana died where I was. I literally grew up watching Prince Charles and Diana's wedding in the middle of the night. My cousin and I, I think we were like 10 or 11, and we stayed up at my grandmother's house and watched the wedding. It's always been really fascinating to me. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, as I got into production, it was even more fascinating because I actually produced Princess Diana's True Hollywood Story, literally two years after she died. And it was very hard to get people to talk to us at that time. Fascinating nonetheless. I think it's interesting now that Prince Harry got married, there's been almost like a resurgence of a lot of the interviews about her. And a lot of people, don't get me wrong, the 18-year-old Princess Diana, totally, totally innocent on what she was getting involved with and her childhood and all that. But I feel like almost was like became a saint after her death. Still, there's a reverence for her, but there's also some stories that are coming out that's more about her just making her more human, if that makes sense. No, I mean, she was definitely a flawed human being in the sense that she was very young when this happened and she came from a very prestigious, not a royal family, but a higher family in the social stature. She was kind of earmarked for marriage into into the higher echelon. Flat out, Prince Charles and Camilla were always in deep love. When Diana and Charles got married, there were three people in that marriage at all times. Totally agree. And I don't think she had any clue. I don't think she had any clue. No, not in the beginning, but as you know, time wore on, as she became more of an adult, it was very evident. I really think that it, having to deal with him being in death love with this other woman the whole time, not only that tore her down, but also the pressure of having to keep that decorum. I understand where Harry's coming from when he says, oh, I need to protect Megan, but they're two totally different people. Megan married into the family at like 36, 37. Diana was 18-year-old virgin, didn't even go to university. Her mom had basically abandoned the family. Her older sister even originally dated Charles first. I just feel like she was kind of that sacrificial lamb in a weird way. Yes, she really was. But at the same time, she had a way of connecting with people, a natural way of connecting with people that isn't forced. I feel like Megan's is, she knows how to work the system a little bit. She's been around the block. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine what life would have been like for her if social media existed. Oh, I agree. We interviewed the paparazzi also that mm-hmm. followed her. Is it true that she t- she would tip them off sometimes towards the end? She would tip them off sometimes about certain things, only what she wanted out there. But they were used to following her for everything. They didn't need a tip off. If you were one of her favorites, she would give you a tip off. If not, you know, they just followed her relentlessly. But at the same time, there was a part of her that wanted certain things to get out. And didn't want other things to get out. Yeah, I remember the story of Prince William being embarrassed when her topless photos came out, you know, when he was at school. So I'm sure that wasn't like so much of a tip off. But the relationship with the royal family now with uh, Meghan going after the press is that you don't see pictures of the kids 
of like Prince William unless they are doing photo ops for them where the press are allowed. You don't see paparazzi photos. If you see paparazzi photos in Europe, their faces are usually blurred of the children, but they don't do the royal children. And if anything, I feel like the the royal family knows that they need the press because they're really a tourist attraction. And then the press likes the royal family because obviously that sells papers too. But I feel like there's such more of like a protection now. So when you go to sue the press, now you're basically saying, I don't want the protections of this agreement that they have in place now. Yeah, it's strange because now, I mean, back in the day when Charles and Diana split up, you you did have a lot more pictures of the boys and Diana on vacation, but a lot of them were pretty scheduled. I don't think Charles had a problem with it at that time. I think they actually came to agreement that it was okay. Obviously, if there were more salacious pictures, it would not have been okay. But I think for the most part, there is that unwritten rule. Like you don't see anything salacious of Kate and William or the kids now. And I honestly don't think you would see anything salacious of Meghan and Harry if they were still there. No, the only time there was a picture of her that was not a formal photo op was her walking on the street when they were dating. She was going to like a yoga class and that was before there was even like formal confirmation that they were engaged. And I think probably the press thought they were free. The only other time where I think there was a negative photo was Kate was in France and the French press did it where they took a topless photo of her, but they sued the, but it didn't come from the British press. They didn't even run it, I don't think, in the British press because of the respect for the royal family now. Well, and there are so many stringers around the world. So it doesn't even have to be a part of the formal press. You've got people with cameras out there everywhere. It could be some nobody in Hollywood. There's a million stringers in Hollywood who are just trying to make a buck off a photo. So they're going to camp out anywhere they can. Now, who decides to publish it is a different story. A lot of these newspapers have kind of a setup arrangement knowing that they could be banned from covering such things as weddings or days or coronations. And I mean, I went over to cover Megan and Harry's wedding for the Anglophile channel, a US-based YouTube channel. You have to get press credentials. So you know that whoever approves the press credentials can easily leave someone off the list if, if they've sold a salacious photo or something that the royal family would not approve of. So there's so many people trying to capture a picture but the bottom line is Megan and Harry aren't, aren't that important to get a picture of. Yeah. But Megan wishes she were that important to get a picture I'm of. so glad you're saying this because I'm not a Megan apologist. I'm not going to lie when they got married because she's only a couple years younger than me. And I cried in the bottom of my closet and the colonel, he had to put me to bed with like soup and wine because he felt so bad because I'm like, she was divorced and now look at where she is. And now, you know, like I was like heartbroken. There were certain things I saw from the, the beginning and then Jody got on the train with me because she started seeing it because at first she was, you know, we're excited about the royal wedding, all that. Love oh, Kate I? and all that. I was on yeah. the bandwagon. But then, but then she started seeing stuff and now Jody's even worse than me where she'll like send me articles and pictures and all these things. But great press, great PR, great manager to try to get her all these opportunities in Britain and Pierce Morgan and all these things. But then all of a sudden, nobody, I didn't even know who she was to then be on the cover of Vogue saying, I'm dating Prince Harry, but please give us privacy right now while we're in love. Like you made your own announcement courting that. I mean, here's the thing. Megan, yeah, they got a lot of press when they were in England. 
I think she's had a goal in mind this whole time. When the British yep. press started to kind of turn against her, it's like, okay. And the, the other thing is, is Megan was very used to hopping on friends' jets, um, going where she wanted to go, when she wanted to do it, how she wanted to do it. So you can't do that when you're a royal. You can't just hop on someone's private jet or go on someone's private yacht. I mean, you're very scrutinized. You work for the people, essentially, even though it's kind of a, a showpiece, you're supposed to be working for the commoner. So I really have a feeling once that she got all that pressure, she's like, fuck <laughs> this. Yep. I want my Hollywood lifestyle back. You're coming with me, boy, because now I got your son inside me. We're going to make a break for it because listen, she wants to be able to have the great lifestyle too. And even though the royal lifestyle is great, you have to have everything cleared. She doesn't want to get anything cleared with anyone. No. She wants to go on doing her acting career, maybe voice art. She wants to be big. She wants well, to be all these doors suddenly open for her. Like she's inviting Oprah and George Clooney to her wedding. You, They did not know who she was before the wedding. I'm sorry. She was oh. not on like a number one TV show. <laughs> so suddenly all these doors are opening to her and people want to be her friend. And I think that's part of the reason what's going on right now with her lawsuit is that they're going off these British papers who are basically saying, listen, okay, you want to be woke and you want to help the orphans, but you want to live in like a $13 million mansion. So mm-hmm. they're looking at these things that are kind of don't match. And I think, I think that when she came on the scene, Prince Harry needed a, wanted a mother figure. Did you ever see the photos of her at their very first wedding appearance when they were in the Caribbean? And she no. like cut in, oh my gosh, I'll send you after this. It, there's a whole spread of photos where she basically he like shakes off her hand because she's trying to like rub him and like keep pulling him down while he's going to greet a friend. Like I'll show you these pictures. Oh my God. No, it's, it's very, weird. very telling. Because when I went to the wedding, I was like a huge Megan and Harry, like, oh my God, yeah. this like is Like an so American romantic. princess. Like this is what we watch on Lifetime, you know? And I have to say at the wedding, it was so peaceful and everyone was mm-hmm. so everyone was mild mannered and it was such a spectacle that was like in control and it was beautiful. It was actually very beautiful. And then it just started to go sideways after that. Yeah. And I just think she was not used to someone telling her what she could and could not do. And like you said, all these newfound friends, this upper, the A-list of Hollywood was now paying attention to her. And she couldn't get that for years and years and years. And now she had it. And it's like, what better place to be than Los Angeles when the A-list is paying attention to you? Too bad it's during a pandemic. But I feel like she's going after her dad with that letter because I feel like she blames her dad and the press at that time for her downfall or like the tide turning against. She's not really looking in the mirror about her particular actions. She's trying to blame someone. I have to say that I think some of the British people were started to become a little bit hard on her because Mm -hmm. she is African-American, part African-American. So I think that weighed a little bit into it. They tried to make that the main excuse. They tried to make her family the main excuse. I think it was like a a waterfall of different excuses that just made her put pressure on Harry. But I really think that all these things that her family said about her were garbage, but now you kind of wonder if some of them were. Oh, I know. Your old friends coming out and being like, I was her best friend. And you see it all the time. You see people who get divorced from someone leaving Mm -hmm. their old friends behind. I think when she divorced her first husband, she kind of left that whole group of people behind. Like she never really, it was kind of like lily pad jumping to the next Mm -hmm. bigger, better thing. And I'm 
still curious as to how she and Harry really connected. I mean, no, I think she put herself at Soho House to run into him. She did like she acted like she didn't know who he was. When meanwhile, there's photos of her holding like the Kate wedding thing where she's like, is he kind? But is he kind? You know, good for her that she had this agenda that actually worked. She's basically studied all of Princess Diana's fashions to recreate them. And I mean, even down to where they were going to recreate that walk through the minefield in Africa and they had to finally ditch it because it was not dangerous anymore to wear like you know the face mask and yeah vest and all that because you know she was trying to to put herself she was the new diana the people's princess i think they were trying to come up with excuses to to exit to move on to bigger and better things yeah harry knew that if he well and i'm sure megan did too you don't get paid exorbitant amounts of money to make a speech when you're a royal it's yes. your duty, you know? Yep. If you're a private citizen and you just happen to have been, a, I mean, he'll always be royal. You can't really take that away from him. So if he goes out on his own, he can make tons of money from making appearances and speeches and anything like that. And I think that's more her vision than his though. Like he, yeah. he loved being in the army. And then I feel like she's kind of in a way, and don't get me wrong, I think the press and paparazzi were totally different during Diana's day. And this is what I would mm-hmm. love to hear your opinion. But I don't think it's the same dynamic now to where... It's like, oh, I need to protect my wife and get her away from the paparazzi. There's more paparazzi and it's worse in America than it is in Britain. And then I got to protect her. I got to protect her like she's not your mom. Did you hear about those Greta Thornburg imp- impersonation tapes where they, they tricked him that, that he was talking to Greta Thornburg or whatever her name is? Oh, and I like, I just it, don't yeah. think he's that bright. <laughs> you know, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah, he doesn't have his brother's savvy. And you're right. The paparazzi was completely different back then. Completely. Because now you have so many outlets of how to get a picture out there. It can go on so many different platforms and and you could take it with your phone. I mean, everyone's paparazzi at this point. It could be someone with their phone taking a picture. So back then it really was, it had to come from the paparazzi or it didn't come from anyone. You know, that was your only platform is the newspapers and the television broadcast was the only way to get footage out. But it's Mm -hmm. almost like a mirror back to you Mm -hmm. that why they're questioning you're going on planes. Yeah. And this whole issue now of who's going to pay for their security. I mean, if they're if they're a private family now, they should pay for their security. There's many families around the world who have security guards. I heard she has so much more security than what even the other ones had. Why though? And why do you go through so many personnel if there's not an issue? Like how much turnover they had in their private offices and then they had more security than what even a lot of the other people had of the royal family is very bizarre to me. Honestly, I don't think it's warranted. I mean, especially now, I, I think their issues and their lifestyle kind of fades to the background with what we're dealing with now. And I think that's kind of, it's really bad timing for them. I think so too. Because she wanted to make this big splash in Hollywood and she can't even host a dinner party at this point in time. Like they're reporting in the US because they will be more, I feel like they're more gossipy here. They'll mm-hmm. report on a house you're trying to buy for 13 million and nobody can kind of figure out what this whole foundation is because- mm-hmm. Is it profit, nonprofit, or really, or you're going to work for other charities? You're not going to have your own charity. Nobody, how are you really selling like this whole idea to make money? And then the very first thing that you do is a paid interview talking about your mom in Florida at like a banker's deal. It's that's not, it doesn't come across as charity or out kind of goal, altruistic. 
No, it, it doesn't. And that's the bottom line is that's how they're going to have to make their money. Um, she's going to probably be aiming for bigger gigs in Hollywood. They're going to be making public appearances, speaking engagements. And, you know, and part of the mystique with the royals is it's mis mysterious and stoic. How much do you really want to show the man behind the curtain? Yeah. Like, because then you start questioning, why do you need to have a royal family then? Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, who knows if the only reason I think it'll last is because I don't think Harry will leave his family. No, I don't think so either. I don't think it's like a Prince Andrew Fergie thing. I don't think No, I think it's like Wallace a... Simpson thing. Yeah, where no, it he is. was like devout to her to like his death. I think Megan is a very calculated, very type A. I totally respect that she had a career path and she followed it and she was good. She got there. But mm -hmm. I'm like, how much annoyed is she probably with Harry right now in quarantine? <laughs> you know, like he's probably like a little puppy dog because he doesn't have his own friends, his own career now. Yeah. Get out there. Get out there and make friends. Get yeah. out there. No, I mean, I, I don't think she really, well, no one could forecast that this was going to happen, but I don't think she really realized the ramifications of what if everything goes dark the second we try and make our big move. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that came out was that elephant documentary or whatever from Disney. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, is they labeled her as a royal in that, narrated by Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex or something. And I'm like, no, she's not anymore. Didn't they give that up? How embarrassing was it, too, when that video came out in front of Beyonce and Jay-Z where they were, Harry was trying to get her job? I was cringing. Like, I was so embarrassed. And that same night, they had, like, some veterans thing going on. So, of course, they're like, oh, you want to go to the premiere and you couldn't go to the, you know, the British military event or whatever. First of all, all Harry has to do is make a call to any... Hollywood office and have the assistant say, oh, it's Harry, Prince Harry. Anyone's going to take his call. They didn't have to hawk her like a, you know, a sideshow um, spectacle at an oh, event. Oh, my wife needs a job. <laughs> so embarrassing. So oh embarrassing. God. Yes. So did you see where they took on Gary Janetti on his Instagram where he's doing the voiceover for the elephants and he took her that clip and voiced over the royal family like news coverage no. as if she's talking about elephants, but it's like she's talking about the royal family. Oh my God, no. You got to check it out. Send that to me. Oh my God. I totally will. I totally will because I was watching it and then I started realizing what he, she was doing. She basically was talking about the royal family like they were a herd of elephants. It was <laughs> oh really good. God. Oh my God. <laughs> I uh, so that. I have like a bunch of topics that I wanted to get to and I feel like we... I really, really hope that you come on again because I don't even want to hit any of the articles I had pulled. I really want to know what you thought about the whole Princess Diana, like when okay. you went over there. What was your experience or what were your thoughts on it? She was tortured. She was the tortured soul for mm -hmm. sure. She did not have a lot of friends. And I mean, I think that is the big difference. And now Megan is able to reach out to her friends on a variety of platforms. And even when she, you know, was living in England, she was able to do that. Princess Diana really could not do that without it being traced, mm -hmm. tracked, followed. She was, she was very sheltered. And I mean, she confided in her speech coach. We listened to a lot of the tapes that she oh, wow. went over with. She confided into, in the most, unusual of places, her butler, her speech coach. It wasn't like she had good 
girlfriends. She may no. have had a couple, but you know, they'll never very talk. Isolated. They're very isolated. Lo- they're loyal. Yeah. And they're probably all people too that were in his social circle because they, it's almost like very incestual. It's almost like that high school class where, oh, so-and-so dated this girl, one friend, and then later on dated the other friend. And it's like this very weird social circle. of. And she was always looking for love because she yeah. wasn't getting it from Charles. And um, he, she knew that Camilla was in love with Charles and Charles was in love with Camilla. And I think she wanted that deep connection with someone. I mean, you know, there was a doctor. He was yeah. married too, right? Yeah, he was the married. The heart doctor th- or whatever. Yeah, I think she really actually fell in love with him. What was it, Hewitt? I don't, I don't think she was really in love with him. Oh my gosh, um, for the longest time, I did think Harry was his son. Oh but God. then when I look at other pictures, I think he's starting to look more like Charles's side. I thought he looked exactly like him. I'm like, tell me that is not James Hewitt's kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I feel like she finally did find love in Dodie, but that was never going to fly with anyone. Marrying a Muslim? I mean, that w- that was never, ever in the cards for her. Now, as to the accident and how it happened and why it happened, there's two levels of thought. I mean, for the most part, I think it was incredibly bad timing. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, well, you know, you know, the conspiracy theorist side that you always have to kind of entertain. But there were a lot of bad things that lined up that night with the driver having had drinks, with the last minute decision to to leave, with all these different things that lined up that could make for a really, really horrible situation. And it happened in a tunnel. I was watching one of the clips on it is that if she wore her seatbelt, she might have made it because I think it was it the bleeding or the puncture was if she wore a seatbelt that she might have had a chance. Yeah, she had slammed in to that seat in front of her. And I mean, it, if you look at the crash, you know, the crash photos, no one would have survived in the backseat no. not wearing a seatbelt. There isn't one person that you can, Mm-mm. I mean, that car was mangled beyond belief. And that tunnel is so, I mean, the lanes are so close and there's no shoulder, there's no room yeah. for error. I mean, if you veer even six inches, you're into the dividers or into the wall. So there wasn't any room for error. And, you know, the Fiat thing, I mean, who knows was it, who knows who was in that Fiat? And how did that Fiat escape with nothing? You know, how was that a one car crash? So there's a lot of different theories out there. There's but she a was a liability for the royal family. And she was at that point. She yeah. really was. Do you um, think Dodie's dad kind of capitalized on the situation? Because they said that he tried to make it more than what it really was, their relationship, or they were going to get engaged. And He really loved his son. And he really loved the fact that he was in a relationship with Diana. And I think he would have done anything to make that relationship happen. Yeah, he may have blown it out of proportion a little bit, but I think he the pressure was on to really make that relationship work. I don't know why. I mean, he's, he's kind of an upper echelon of British society too mm-hmm. at the time. He had his own laurels to rest on, but I think it was just the mystique of having her in his family, which was, you know, I think unique to him. Do you think that Prince William has taken more after Charles and Prince Harry after Diana? Or what do you think the dynamic of them losing their mom at that time and how it played out? I think it was definitely harder on Harry because he was younger. And he still had kind of a mommy attachment, Mm -hmm. a real strong mommy attachment. William was a little bit older, so he was kind of expected. I think at the 
was he at Eton at the time? I can't remember which school. They were at. both at, they were both away at the time. Yeah. I think at boarding school. I feel like with him, he's more cautious. He was in, he was expected to behave more like an adult. Yeah. More like his dad would. Whereas Harry was so young. I mean, just digesting the thought of not having a mother anymore. I think that was really, and he's the second child. So he's, he's not the first heir to the throne. Yeah. He's the spare. Yeah. William was groomed in a completely different manner. Mm-hmm. And Harry was kind of, you know, like the youngest kid is always going get, to get away with a little bit more. Yeah. He was kind of that role. He, he I mean, unless there's an incredible catastrophe, Harry's never going to take the throne. How do you think the queen reacted if it was appropriate? Because I know she got a little bit of backlash on how things played um, out right after. That's interesting because I remember that that press conference that they set up for her. You know, the queen reacted the way she was supposed to react. And even looking back at old clips now, watching The Crown, I know that sounds silly, but watching The Crown and then digging mm-hmm. deeper and watching all of her old press conferences, that's pretty much how she was in, in every tragedy. I mean, I at the time, I thought it was a, a bit harsh and cold kind of Mm -hmm. but then if you look back and you really go through like all the tragedies that she's had to comment on it's the same level i mean she was groomed to just be one level and be the leader you know and not break down not i know she brought them through world war ii Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know but she i feel like my ex-mother-in-law is from ireland but she very much has that stiff upper lip kind of thing very much like that british mentality and i feel like just because it's like calm waters she has Mm -hmm. like very much deep feeling even Mm -hmm. though she has very calm waters like stiff upper lip there's like so much emotion behind it but i definitely see where nowadays even the way she treats fergie now i know Mm -hmm. prince philip will never forgive fergie and i literally Mm -hmm. remember those original toe sucking like i really wish i would like saved all those old inquirers because you can't even get that kind of gossip now online i'll whip out something and jody will be like really that happened like prince philip will never forgive but i feel like even the way that uh she came out and she made the comment about how she's very proud of megan or whatever like i feel like she has more of a um compassionate or more she's warmed up a little bit yeah she has I think so for sure because they even and, said that she wasn't as like warm and fuzzy with her two older children like she was her younger two yeah yeah no for sure she it was you know age softens everyone i think and she realizes that the monarchy you know isn't as important but she needs someone to carry on and i don't even think it's charles even charles has become less icy and camilla yeah. but i think it is william and kate who are going to carry on that tradition and make it into more of a warm and fuzzy monarchy than i think he picked know, really well with kate yeah oh my he gosh. made her wait she was waiting katie but do you think that's the undercurrent between William and Harry, like, do you think Meghan is at the heart of what's going on between them two, or do you think it's totally over-embellished by the press? No, I think it's Meghan. I think it I is. Think so, too. I mean, they never had any problems before this. I don't even know this woman, so this is, mm-hmm. this is just me deducing from, you know, Oh, me too, me too. And- I think if she doesn't get what she wants, and if she isn't perceived by the public as 
lovable. She's got to be loved by everyone. And yeah. the second she's not, she's a Leo. It's going to hit the fan. And she's an actress. And the only reason people become actors and actresses, and trust me on this, because I know a ton of them, and I was yep. acting early on. You want to be noticed. You want people to pay attention to you. You don't go into acting if you don't want people to pay attention to you. That's the whole reason. And when people started paying attention to her for the wrong reasons, it's like. I got to nip this in the bud. When she was an actress, it was a lot easier to put her own PR out because she was yeah. on a cable show that people weren't really like trying to dig up dirt on her and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think she thought, well, I can always generate positive PR. I have more control over my image. And you go to the, go to the Britain where there is politics involved. Like, Who knew her before this? It wasn't like she was Charlize Theron. No. And he went yeah. for like literally the B to C list actress that no one knew about. No. And it was engaged. so not his type. He loved blondes, mm-hmm. blonde hair, blue eyed blondes was all he dated. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, and I feel like those other blondes, when I read interviews of them is they didn't really like the pressure, the spotlight, where mm-hmm. with her, she probably stepped in there. Again, I commend her because she's like coming up on, I mean, to reach her career where she is at now at her age versus where I was at my age, where I was like retiring from the military at almost the same mm-hmm. age. For me, I felt like I was being put out to pasture where she's just like mm-hmm. reaching it. But she's probably going in there like, oh my gosh, I can, t- we, it's us against the world and I'll help you build and I can yeah. deal with the press. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, like who doesn't love that fantasy? Because I feel like every relationship before that was like, I don't know if I want to be in the spotlight. Plus, she was being, you know, she wanted to kind of do things her own way, which she thought would put them in a position above William and Kate. Yeah, I don't think she liked having another female that was close in age no, on the scene. No, no, no. No, I mean, and the, and the bottom line is she was never going to outdo Kate. No. And... And there's just a certain structure in royalty and there's a pecking order. It's like the military. There's a pecking yeah, order, right? Exactly. You you don't jump steps. You no. Know? You don't do that in, in the royal family either. No. I mean, the whole royal family is based on military practically. So you can't exactly. expect to jump to the head of the line. You may be liked more. I mean, we have to say Princess Diana was the most loved royal of yeah. everyone. And she yep. wasn't kind. She wasn't really an outsider, like they say. Oh, she was an outsider. She wasn't no. really. I mean, the no. families had intertwined their whole lives. So, that no. move, the movie with Kara Knightley, the mm. Duchess, was her relative was the Duchess in Devonshire. Like she yeah. had like a, you know, she came from that long lineage. She had a pedigree. It's fascinating. And I really found Princess Diana fascinating. I mean, yes, when me she died, that was devastating to me. And I went to my executive producer and, and I'm like, I want this. I want to do the Princess Diana true Hollywood story. No, really, not a lot of people would talk to us because it was so soon. There's always going to be a before and after Princess Diana because she was yeah. so iconic at that time. Yeah, no, I mean, it was just, it was really important that I got to do that one. And I interviewed Jeffrey Archer. We interviewed a lot of people, but we didn't get into the royal family. I mean, you just couldn't, and you couldn't get to her closest. I mean, Paul Burrell is always in Los Angeles now. Oh my God, he's always in the news now. He talks so much about her life now. It's it's always going to go back to... Diana, in a way. Yeah. She was loved more than anyone in the royal family. Plain and simple. And, and when I, she died, it was a big fucking deal. <laughs> I think she brought us into... She brought us into more of a modern era of the bro- 
royal family too. And I think she deserves that kind of credit because otherwise they would have been super outdated at this point. I honestly thought when Harry and Meghan got together and got married, I kind of thought Meghan was going to be able to do the same thing, but her me too. Her motives were completely... She doesn't have that bad. same sincerity and it's too calculated and it was too mm-hmm. much too soon. But I don't feel like the other women he dated had the same game plan because they were already in that yeah. world. But so. there's also a part of me that thinks that there's always going to be a certain torch that Harry carries for Chelsea Davy. She went to the wedding and you could just see her face. And then afterwards, like the day after, she had these pictures where she's holding her ring finger up. And I think she had a certain sense of pride, but like the way he called her, I mean, even Vanity Fair reported, he called mm-hmm. her before the wedding. She was, but his she first knew love. she couldn't handle it. And that's no. why she was like, you know, count me out. And, well, you know, he took her. That was the original place where they were in Africa, is where he took Megan later. Yeah, he came out and interviewed. He did an interview. I'll send it to you. He did an interview saying that when he was um, out of, you know, military training or whatever, Mm -hmm. he said, yeah, my ideal would be under the stars, you know, with Chelsea or whatever in Botswana or whatever. And then later on, Megan makes this big deal about how that's where they fell in love. But that's where he originally, that was his fantasy was with Chelsea. Oh, my God. So thank you for coming on, Larissa. Okay, let's do it again, Carrie. Thank you. Awesome, thank you. Okay. We have reports from Paris that Diana, Princess of Wales, has been killed in a car accident and that her partner, Dodie Fired, has also been killed. They were apparently being pursued by paparazzi on two motorcycles. The reports are that Diana has been killed, Dodie Fired also died, as did the driver of the car. For the very latest monitoring all the uh, incoming wires into ITN, Tim Wilcox is in our newsroom. Let's go to him now. Well, yes, Dermot, the Press Association uh, announced with a news flash at 4.41, that's just a few minutes ago, that Diana, Princess of Wales, has died, according to British sources, uh, the Press Association learned this morning. That was followed a few minutes later by um, another report saying that Paris Princess Diana dead, according to an unnamed French minister. Uh, That was followed again a couple of minutes later by a doctor, again an unnamed doctor, confirming that Princess Diana was dead. Ciao, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Let's play a game, all right? On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it, just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, it's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard, where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel, because everyone has one, right? 
that features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guests co-host are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.